2: Podcast. Anora Boys in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so.
3: Responsibly.
2: You definitely have to do it responsibly. We are found on CFB Nation, presented by
3: Twisted Twisted Twisted.
2: Twisted. Yes, sir. Man, we hope everybody's having a fantastic Wednesday, National Signing Day. You know why we're here. You know why we're here. We're here to talk National Signing Day. So, if you have a Get to the Bag question, make sure you hit the type in GTB. We'll get to it in the second half of the show. Uh, 2024 class is signed, sealed, and delivered. Left at I think 10:22 a.m. Eastern Time. The entire class. Was signed. That's that's including the West Coast kids. That's absolutely incredible.
1: That's
2: right. So you already know left. What smoke? What's smoking brought to you by fashion geek alonzojackson.com fashion geek we run the city so once again 2024 recruiting class for the fighting irish of notre dame is signed sealed and delivered now delivery if you want to say well we got to get them on campus i believe 16 of those young gentlemen will be coming in in january as early enrollees and the rest will be showing up in the summer around June-ish. So the class in comparison to 2023, not as much glitz, glamor, but when you just look at flat out across the board, evaluation, there are probably more guys that have a better shot of being day ones or playing as freshmen than the 2023 class. And that is impressive. And you stack that with the 10 commits already double digits already in the 2025 class led by deuce knight the one thing that stands out left it pays when you have a quarterback committed as long as notre dame has cj Carr committed to the program that's a positive effect on a recruiting class
3: yeah definitely a nice uh center centerpiece if that was a thanksgiving table or christmas feast it would be the ham of the the Christmas feast and I think it serves well you know um brings people together I think it's a nice addition nobody can subtract that from your your meal and say they had a good meal so um good opportunity to get a guy like CJ in there rally some guys and held on to some receivers that I'm excited to see in this class that committed And, um, you know, you really want to see the revolution or evolution of what this offense looks on a recruited dime under Marcus Freeman. And I think we'll be able to see some flashes of that. Like you said, this isn't a star-studded class like I believe 25 is going to be. But you'll find some gems, you know, a lot similar to a Kyle Hamilton type of class that bona fide guys There might be some day ones that can make an impact early.
0: Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: You know what? I used Hidden Gems on the recruiting show earlier in the day, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. Notre Dame has really found some hidden gems that I think is going to establish themselves early on. Running back position has a chance to play early. I know one of your favorite players, which is probably one of the most underrated players in the class, and we'll get to him in a minute. CJ Carr, impressive in practice, is all ready for the bowl prep, even though he's not going to play in the game. Then you have a guy like Gerby Lambert, who's not even coming in early. This dude is like, what, 6'7", 315? You already got Charles Jagasaw slated at left tackle for the bowl game and going into next spring, 6'7", 330? Like, yo, the future of the Notre Dame offensive line, which has always been technically sound and really good, but now this offensive line is starting to look like an SEC offensive line. The linebackers, Bodie Kahum and KBA who, by the way, gave one of the most impassioned speeches you've ever seen on a national signing day. If you haven't seen it, go to the young man's Twitter feed. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Flat out great speech by that young man on who he is, how great his family has been for him to set the tone for who he is as a young man and then what Notre Dame means to him. It's a fantastic speech. And then think about it. 15 of the best linebackers were up for the buckets award across the nation left. Notre Dame got two of them in the class. Two of the top 15 linebackers. That's a pretty good haul. You're used to Notre Dame getting a man tie, getting a Jalen, getting one great one. In this class, Notre Dame, they got two great ones. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah that's
3: I think that's something that you really want to look at is Marcus Freeman's signature that he adds to every program that he goes to. He's going to have those top tier linebackers because he was a top tier linebacker and knows what it looks like. So he knows what it should look like recruited.
2: The evaluation and we talked to Bodie Cajun's coach and he said that the one thing that stood out in the recruitment of Bodie Cajun is when Al Golden came to the school. Al, Al Golden is from that area, the Virginia area and he said the relatability between Al Golden and also Bodie Cahoon stood out to him. And he said, Al Golden didn't miss words. He was like, dude, we've been doing this back and forth, text smoothing, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? And he said that stood out to Bodie Cahoon. It wasn't too long after that, that Bodie took his official visit and was Irish from that point on. Man, those are the wonderful stories you love to hear from his defensive coordinator, Pete Johnson.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think that's, once you get that relationship established, it's just about making that decision, man. You want to join, you know, this particular way we got going on. And if you don't, you know, we're direct enough to to ask you up front because you know, <laughs> you're at the top of our board, but we, we got other top guys as well.
2: You know what left? I think that's the one thing that this staff learned moving forward is not to get stuck on guys that are, you know, kind of in between you have to worry about. I think you saw them move on from some guys.
3: Yeah, and the transfer portal is just too hot and too available to really spend time uh, doing too much fighting now. we, You know, we're going to put up a good one but in terms of just doing the back and forth, Peyton and that kind of thing. I don't think <laughs> we'll make those kind of mistakes anymore.
2: Like I said, no drama on this National Signing Day. A class of 23 into addition. Officially signed are the six new Fighting Irish via the transfer portal. And uh, that's a total class of 29 with portal and high school recruits. A large percentage of those high school recruits were reporting early, and there's no something left. I want to know, what was the one thing in your recruiting that you were looking forward to? Like, you know, you sit in quiet time, you, you're done with the process, and you're thinking, like, yo, I can't wait until I do this. What was it for you?
3: Oh, on, uh, like, being a recruit?
2: No, now you're in the class. You're officially Notre Dame. And it's like, in your quiet time, as you wait to get there, it's like, I can't wait. This is the moment that I can't wait to experience.
3: Oh, man, it's just just to getting in and just seeing what it's like on an everyday type of process.
2: But, please explain that. Because as a fan, like, I asked several guys that today. And every last one of them, which I thought was astounding, dude, all of them were like, I can't wait for the first list." And I was like, really? I'm thinking it's gonna be like the first time I put on the helmet and walk down the stairs. The blue and gold game, or the first time I hit the sign going into the tunnel. I'm thinking it's gonna be that. And like it lines up with what you just said. Most pretty much all the guys are like, man, I'm looking forward to that first, that first lift. Cause they say it's it's a different world. It's like something you just have to experience.
3: Yeah, and a lot of it is just like, man, you coming as the best player from wherever you're from. you 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 go to all these camps and you measure yourself out and then you have shaken out to be one of the top players amongst your class now you restarting going in in a new environment where everybody's big they got a head start on you what's the strength look like where do i lay in that and and kind of get a feel for the team in that first lift and just get that competitive environment. Who's fast, who's slow, who gives effort, who don't. It's a great measuring stick. The funniest thing of every incoming freshman class is that first warm-up of the first lit. Oh. What's the,
2: that like? What's the what's the warm-up like?
3: Man, okay. It is It is so funny because everybody wonders, how does the college football experience start? You know, like, what's what's day one? college football level and it's it, it, You're right it is the lift but it's kind of funny like how it happened for us you kind of just you know your time to show up it's kind of early everybody getting in meeting up in the locker room nobody know what to expect you know that you've been you've been through so many meetings leading up to getting to this point from just getting right. in the dorm all the the shenanigans before that so when you get to the first lift you're like all right i'm a college student about to lift foot to lift some weights like this mm-hmm. this ain't ncaa you know this is on the on the game this is real life and so everybody just kind of hangs out like floating fish and kind of talking whatever they, we all in our we hype because we get our first team gear mm-hmm. so everybody got the uniform on so you get your shoes we all match and we learn how the team loops work you get in there, and then the strength coach, ours, you know, was longer, so he came in there with the energy. All right, you about to round up, woop de woop You about to do this, tighten up. You know, all everything you could imagine from a first kind of like, you better get your mind right type of deal. You go out to the weight room. <laughs> and with us, in most places, cause Florida was kind of the same. Go in there, all right, you got your groups. This is what we got. We're going to hit the warm up first. And, and they'd be like, all right, just line up. Everybody line up. So this is where, as a first-year guy in your class,
2: mm-hmm. kind of
3: seeing what everybody looking like. And the warm-up is usually like a 40-yard dynamic warm-up. So we're doing skips and, you know, high knees and shorts, you know, stretching, you know, stretching. Mm-hmm. But this is like the NFL combine stretch. It's dead quiet. Mm. everybody nervous these stretches are the most professional high knees guys is showing how fast they can do it it's the it's kind of funny because it's like he, everybody's trying 100 percent, you know and then you realize that when you a junior and you look at the incoming class and everybody's just fast as hell i'm like y'all y'all gonna be tired before the lift now you know because the warm-up like a good 15, 20 minutes. So you doing all type of dynamic stretches, kicks. Right. And you're going to be tired. You see what I'm saying? So this is like the, the funny part is that all the freshmen usually get tired after the first 15 minutes because they're going hard.
0: Right.
3: Not knowing that now you in college is about warming yourself. and Because in high school, you're not, you're not doing 15, 20 minutes of, of direct stretching you know you sit in a circle getting a couple lines jogging out in college because you aware of everybody in the class and you hear stories of everybody you trying to see how they look everybody's hitting that high knees super perfect and super serious and (laughs) and then the lift comes and you split into your groups and that's when it gets more uh, normal because now you lifting doing your power lifts and then you see start seeing guys who ain't never lifted before, you right. know? Guys that hadn't had trainers since they was three, you know, guys that just don't know how strong they are. So you be like, damn, you throwing it around, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like a it's a super football social kind of thing. It's like, you know how you do the freshman meet and greet? Right. All the incoming freshmen do a little meet and greet. This is the meet and greet on a football level with your, with your classmates, you know? So go through the crazy. lift and then you know and you go through it then you get to after the lift you're not used to it but you got all the nutrition stuff so they are hitting you with shakes and weight programs and drink your water and eat right after 30 minutes and now you want a schedule to get to class and mm-hmm. so you in it that's your that's your day and then it's just day after day kind of the same thing until you start uh your special days where you do mad drills like at two in the morning you know crazy stuff like that right but those are at periods of time but you yeah, I mean, so it's it's left-
2: when i tell you i was astounded that these young men were like yo i swear i was like yo it has to be getting on the field putting the uniform on for the first time Something special like that, or just walking around campus for the first
3: time. No, the weightlifting uniform. That's the, yeah, you, that's you, it, you're right? Because <laughs> right. everybody got the weight uniform, you know, you know how that's, that's how you know you're part of the team. Everybody got the Notre oh, okay. Dame basic weightlifting shirt, and everybody, seniors to baby freshmen. So, you, that's the uniform you excited to wear first. Right. Get you, we had weightlifting shoes. I ain't even, Didn't even know nothing about that at the time. Had some of them. So, you know, you really, and then, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, it's one, it's a new routine and it's super exciting. And then you realize how tired you are and you got a whole class schedule.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I remember after my first live, I had to walk all the way across campus for my first class. I said, how do guys do this? (laughs) I just, it's not even eight o'clock yet. I'm tired already, you know, so you get used to it.
2: That's crazy. Lucky, lucky podcast, National Signing Day. Talking about the fact that all of the recruits that are coming in early, they're all super excited for that first lift. That's like the thing they're looking forward to, and Malik giving us a little peek behind the scenes of what it's like I guess as a freshman, you do come into that first lift trying to impress the upperclassmen.
3: Oh yeah, You're trying to
2: show that you belong. So this guy's in
3: there, you know, doing a little thing, you know, their own routine. And in the training room before the lift, guys going there and they think they need all types of tape jobs and stretches from the trainers because the weight room, the uh, training room, look nice and jumping in hot and cold tubs like they know what they're doing. And you know, guys be funny, man. You know. <laughs> Be like, man, just just lift this weight, dude. Go to class.
2: All right, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Don't forget tomorrow' special show, eleven o'clock. Cam McDaniel, who's been doing research all week, Notre Dame has named their strength and conditioning coach Lauren Landau, and Cam McDaniel has been doing research on Lauren Landau, and he's going to break down for Lucky Lefty Podcast exactly what Lauren Landau believes in. How he trains the athletes he works with, and how it's going to impact the Notre Dame football program. Cam McDaniel is super excited about what he brings to the table. New strength and conditioning, new strength and conditioning coach Lauren Landau, broken down by Notre Dame's own Cam McDaniel tomorrow, eleven o'clock. Lucky Lefty podcast. You don't want to miss it. All right, left. It's time for your. Top five most impactful players of the 2024 recruiting class left. Go ahead take it away with number one. We're going to go and break down film of your top five. Number one?
3: Number one, I got my guy, obviously, CJ Carr, Michigan, four-star quarterback, very consistent player, a very uh maybe not a superstar, an individual talent. But he could work his way, being having the intangibles to rally the team to where they could elevate him as a potential three, two-star type of quarterback in college football, knowing that we're, he's going to be able to get guys that want to play for him. He's a team type of guy, has all the, in my opinion, has reached his ceiling in terms of knowing how – Accurate he can be, which is, I think, more of his gift he's honed in on. But he's going to do all the right things, technical. He's going to work hard, a very good piece to a class that is really surrounding him. We may not know much on a star impact this class may hold, but C.J. Carr is a guy that can bring the best out of the guys in his class, especially the receivers.
2: And you talk about that last year for you with kenny minchi it was the fact that he had arm talent but it was the way that he knew how to throw what type of ball and what type of situation on all three levels whether you are zipping it in there or you're feathering it in there or putting a little loft to it which is something you said is a gift kids just don't know that and know how to do that in high school with cj you're saying look he is a high percentage efficient Quarterback, when it comes to completion percentage, already. You add that to the fact that his intangible is that he's going to make guys better. This is what Notre Dame is getting with CJ Carr as a quarterback on top of the arm talent in the 2024 recruiting class. You stack both of those kids left, that quarterback room is starting to look really impressive for the fighting Irish. And if I'm Marcus Freeman, yo, this definitely might be the last year. I even think about going to the transfer portal. Notre Dame fans should be super excited about CJ Carr being stacked on top of Kenny Minchie in that quarterback room.
3: Yeah, I think from a talent standpoint, from a talent standpoint, you know, I think CJ has a lot of good benefit, uh, but he may not be the standalone talent of like a Patrick Mahomes level. He's more of a, Matt Ryan that can move a little bit better type of guy. Like Matt Ryan isn't going to get better from year five to year 10. He's just going to be who he is and that's pretty good, you know, and he's going to have peaks and valleys, but he's not going to wow you. He's always going to stay right in the middle of the pack on the better side of things usually, but never the greatest. And I do think that that's going to be able uh, to give him the ability to jail well with other good talented players around him, where you input a guy like Cam Williams, where you input a guy like Michael Gilbert, those guys who are supremely talented individually, where you can have a season like a Justin Jefferson and a Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins may not be the number one quarterback in the country, but Kirk Cousins can give you a 2,000 yard potential receiver <laughs> And make a number one receiver look really good. And so that would be my impact of what CJ Carr can have. A consistent uh thing that you can depend on. Yeah, he may not be the biggest spotlight type of quarterback, but he can pull off some great games and make some players highlighted and players better around
2: him. And it's amazing, Love, because you really loved how he went out to the lead eleven. A lot of people at the Elite 11 really didn't have high expectations for him. They really wanted to see how he would stack up against some of those high-end quarterbacks that were getting a lot of love, the Dylan Rayolas, you know, and types like that. And CJ went out there and was very impressive and really outdid himself and showed himself well and kind of put Notre Dame on the map from a quarterback standpoint with his week full of performance at the Elite 11 or something.
1: Keep it twisted.
3: Yeah, and what the most impressive thing was is the fact that he was most consistent, which kept him in the the conversation all week, which is what we can depend on. He's going to come in there, and the curve for him is not going to be as great as it is for other talented guys coming in at a young age.
2: Let's go to your number two impact player on your list for the 2024 recruiting class. Love who you have.
3: I didn't, I think it was fluid on my own. Oh, I don't remember who I had in, in yeah, Pam order. Williams the number two, but yeah. Williams, another, I think the most talented of as a standalone individual player in the class, I think he's going to impact as a day. One guy, yeah. he looks the part. So you pass the eye test, which is huge for a guy that is a good evaluator of talent is the eye test. He's got all the things that you want to see from a suddenness standpoint, like Jeremiah Smith, the number one receiver in the class, I think. Very sudden, like him, strong. Yards after catch, looks like he understands football well, and a day-one impact for sure. Potential number one receiver in two years.
2: So with everything that's happening in the portal, how often do you want to get him on the field? Like if he comes in and shows that he's a dude, are you pushing the envelope and getting him out there early? Or do you want to allow him to like develop and then, you know, kind of get into the swing of things somewhere during the middle of the season?
3: I well, know, Claire, number one, a new environment with a new receiver coach. Definitely put him in a position where he can be a two or a three if you want to see him be a potential one in two years. And I think we need to... Have an alpha dog like that, if that's the ability that he has. Mm -hmm. And we should be okay with him being a number one in two years. Michael Floyd was. his coming out and had three great years after his freshman year. So, you know, it's one of those things where identify an X-factor type of player. And this, in my opinion, is one. And he can change the game.
2: Yo, he is definitely a game changer. Once again, number two on Malik's list, wide receiver Cam Williams coming to south being in a couple of weeks left that's crazy like these kids would be on campus literally in a couple of weeks have to be excited about the level of talent just with the top two guys and this is the thing left this duo of cam williams and cj carr goes all the way back to the irish invasion their junior year or right before their junior year where they pretty much solidified their relationship and really locked in to being part of the 2024 class for the Fighting Irish. So these junior days are vitally important, man. Vitally important. Man, it's Yeah, Notre Dame's known
3: for having a quarterback receiver tandem just through the history of things, when Mm -hmm. memorable tandems. And I think uh, the C.J. Carr is a good memory of a good college football history through his own legacy. So he knows he needs a, a, a... uh, peanut butter to his jelly out there and he's grabbed and latched on the camera Early and we'll see that relationship flourish when they ever get on the field together
2: So once again, impactful players for Malik. I want to specify this is not a power ranking this is not Malik saying these guys are better than the rest of the 2024 class this is literally the five guys that Malik is looking forward to seeing. These are his guys number one cj carr number two hey Amen cam williams you gotta love that kid number three for you left was none other than hannibal missouri's own aeneas williams jr talk about him left
3: probably we like about aeneas is that he's that versatile back that He's big enough to give you a lot of production from different spots, which causes mismatches. He, in my opinion, as, as athletic as Audric was, I think he's more of a in-between Audric and a Kyron from a, a like size, it. but also versatility standpoint. And you just gotta love the way he is a guy that just says, give me the football. You know, he's a football type of player. And, and you can see that he has the, intangibles of the lasting speed the breakaway speed, but also the toughness Mm -hmm. that you can do a lot of different things with, you know, that I think this is a guy that you can start working into the rotation early just because he's played a lot of football, been at a level where he has to know how to play a role in different spots. And he's not afraid of moment. You know, they were doing all type of handoffs and things with him to, uh, get him to football, and I think from an offensive play caller standpoint, he's a guy that is highlighted on your play sheet as, here are my go-to plays for him that he can do stuff like this that you're watching right now and make me look good as a coordinator when in doubt, right? So when you talk about screen poppers, guys that can be the X factor for your team, instead of a Jordan Faison, think of a guy like Aeneas Williams.
2: Left, I like this kid because, like he said, he is Mr. All-Purpose. And you need a kid like this, right? Because you don't have to put him in the backfield, Left. You can put him in a slot. Look at this. Go get the ball. He can go up and high point the ball. This man had like 152 touchdowns, like Lito Galante says. 152, Left in his high school career. 152 touchdowns. That's insane. He's really like a
3: switchblade, but also you just got to love the way that he's a football player first. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run like a specific skill position, which is makes it so uh, fun to put him on your team because if you're going game plan week to week, he can be a running back one week. He can be a... Um, you have fly, jet sweep guy. He can line up in the slot. You can hand it to him directly. You can do so many different things to cause uh, problems for the defense, but also week to week an easy fit knowing that he can just do this on basic plays when you're giving guys breathers early on as a rookie, but also using him in impactful moments when you talk about running the ball efficiently. This is a guy on the second down handing the football on a meaningless second and seven, and you're most people getting three, he may break, a, break out and run something like this and give you a spark if you're down in the game.
2: Does he remind you of Kyron Williams, dude? Just being to do everything and, like, the success. You see Kyron Williams, another St. Louis product that's having this type of success on the NFL. St. Louis like,
3: running backs like Ezekiel Elliott, Kyron Williams, and Aeneas, and Aeneas Williams.
2: That's a great call. They
3: got that style where they just are so versatile, but the size they have Mm -hmm. makes it so different. It's not just a skinny, small guy. This is a guy that carries some weight, but knows and has the feet of a receiver, has the feet of a running back, the size of a running back, but also can give you mismatches and just have fun in space. And you talk about what needs to be dynamic about Notre Dame's offense, and that's guys in space. That's the Chris Mitchell, the Aeneas Williams, the Jeremiah loves, guys that aren't just going to catch and go down.
2: That's number three on Leaks. Impactful 2024 recruits. Hannibal, Missouri. The one, the only, Aeneas Williams. Now, (laughs) left i was shocked i would keep it a buck i was shocked to see this kid show up on your top five list and the reason i was shocked left is because i remember when he first hopped on and got an offer you kind of were like uh you you were kind of like all right okay cool but you really warmed up to this young man, and that is Ohio Zone Carson Hobbs, the young defensive back that'll be showing up early in a couple of weeks for the Fighting Irish. What drew you to Carson Hobbs to say, yo, I can't wait to see this kid play?
3: The Ohio connection, man. Mike Makin's ain't gonna do him wrong or steer him in a wrong direction. And he's got this size that you wanna see that you can't coach. And then to see the track record of how we develop developed guys so far in that secondary, Carson Hobbs is just fitting the mold of what I think of Ben Morrison came in with the hype and and the type of measurables that I think that they can both have a similar type of impact.
2: Man, you talk about this kid. Like you said, he is long. He can play boundary. He can play field. His speed and his senior season definitely definitely got better. And he plays with a swag, an absolute swag that you have to love. Pick six. Fumble return during the high school playoffs. Came up a little short of winning a state championship. But man, you have to love. And he loves to play aggressive. You talk to him left, and he's like, man, man, I can play bump and run every play. He's not going to do
3: that. And he's playing one of the greatest high school leagues ever the GCL South. Mm -hmm. Really good high school football conference. It's, you know, all the uh, all boys type of schools. And, uh, you know, a lot of legacy in that league, but a lot of toughness. So, I know he's built the right way. Usually those type of guys go to those Michigans or Ohio States because of the type of playing style. But I think Marcus Freeman is bringing that swag right on to Notre Dame.
2: So, Carson Hobbs. Look, let me tell you something. I know why left likes him, right? Ohio connection, number one. Mouth. The mouth on Carson Hobbs, pause, to make sure the direction I'm going. He talks trash and he's a leader. This this was Malik, even as a youngster, when he walked into Notre Dame. Not intimidated, let people know I'm here. I'm here and I'm here to play. That's why Malik loves Carson Hobbs. He's been seeing the videos of him talking trash, talking about fellow commits. Like Logan Saldate saying, look, don't tell me about your track speed. Show me your speed on the field. That's so, right. We line up across from each other in practice. we are going to see how fast you are. Because it's that anybody. natural
3: disrespect. You know, you yeah. know and, I, and I felt that early when we was in the group chat in my class going in. gosh just doesn't believe the athletes or anything other than the country farmers in Ohio. And you just got to show these Cali and Texas <laughs> and Florida boys that all of that you ya, y'all isn't going to relate to the football speed because we're going to be putting them hands on you. But we also are very skillful. Shout out Julian Love as a Midwest guy, you know. You know, had a great pick on the game yesterday. But the Midwest football is different.
2: At left, that is funny, man, because it is. I guess it is a Midwest thing, right? Like, dude, we don't respect you. It's almost like we don't respect kids from the West when it comes to basketball. Even though the, yeah it's the a attitude. natural
3: it's a natural disrespect I feel like. I just I remember growing up I just never thought that West Coast basketball was like, it just wasn't it it just it just wouldn't last out here, mm-hmm. you know. You know like, you know how you a BMW did... is a great car. Yeah. But it's really a West Coast car because it sits too low and you'll have a ton of problems in the Midwest.
2: Yeah, you you don't want to drive a BMW unless it's a truck in the snow.
3: In the Midwest, it just wouldn't work, and that's exactly yeah. what. It's a nice car, you know. It's fancy, yeah, but it, it just can't. It just can't survive in in this type of environment. That's yeah. the basketball, Cali basketball player to the Midwest.
2: And no disrespect, because it's been some. It's a nice list of LA Hoopers that have come through the NBA.
3: Wait a minute. Now remember, Dayton is we. If we just talk in the heart of the Midwest, Dayton, Ohio. And what the University of Dayton had to do to them boys at UCLA when they was undefeated. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, we had to. We built a whole stadium around doing something like that.
2: Number five on your impact. Can't wait. Can't wait to see list. Oh, Charlotte Christian Zone. Micah Gilbert. Man, you really like this duo or this trio at wide receiver, but you couldn't get all three wide receivers in the five.
3: Yeah, I think this is one of the first quarterbacks we've had since probably, hell, I can say since me, of a receiver that wants to play with the quarterback that's coming in, and that's not a shade thing. That's just, you know, I think these guys have stuck through the recruitment and the transition well because they they know together that they're going to do well together. And so I think the, that commitment there, along with Mikey Gilbert being a speedster, and 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 the ability he has that is i think a nice complement to what cam williams has i can definitely see a one-two punch with cj Carr starting in the future
2: i love this kid i really do i think he might be like the sleeper of the class i understand why you put him in five you know the i was i was interested in seeing what you were going to do but I see why you're really excited and you want to see this Notre Dame offense take the next step, become more modernized, and kind of get away from the ratio of run pass that's existed for pretty much, what, the last 20-plus years at Notre Dame?
3: Yeah, it just wouldn't be as impressive. You know, we know Marcus Freeman is a defensive guy, and his leadership through that should be his base. The impressive part as a coach would be, him and what he does offensively. You think of a guy like Brian Kelly, who's had a lot of success, but if you ask him, he will tell you he's a defensive guy. You're like, what the heck? Like, Man. You know, And but he's on offense all the time. So he knows that that's something that, as a coach, he wants to manage personally because that's just not his forte as, you know what I mean? So I think for Marcus Freeman, expanding what, like you said, we had a lack in, in my opinion, for quite a while on Just it all making sense. Yeah, we can get points. Yeah, we can get wins. But can we make it look good and and win in the moments that we need to with players that, you know, even in good games, we still have the better players? That's another thing that I'm looking forward to in the future through this recruitment stuff is that in these big games where we may not be slotted to win, but we have the best player on the field. I think the game is a lot differently looked at if it's us versus Ohio State, but we have Marvin Harrison Jr. We had the number one player in the draft. So, you know, I think that happens through recruiting and development, and Marcus Freeman is going to show that off in 24 and 25.
2: I absolutely believe that they have improved the talent in the last two classes offensively. I think Jaden Greathouse... I think Jaden Greyhouse is going to have a great Sun Bowl left. I really do. I think he's going to have a really good game in the Sun Bowl. And we're going to hear from players. I want to – we're going to hear from a Notre Dame player that's going to make you feel really good left about Steve Angeli going into this Sun Bowl. You have been trumpeting for Steve Angeli in the midst of transfer portal and everything. Like, let's see what he has. I'm going to play you a clip, man. Some Notre Dame players, they sounding like they're pretty confident with their quarterback, their signal caller going into this bowl game.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, Steve has been there. Steve is is the most familiar, especially if you think about it from the overhaul that's happening right now, you would think it's like a takeover. So they're going to latch on to things that, they can relate to because they they want to have some synergy when this whole time shifts this off season as well. You got CJ coming in with his boys, Riley mm-hmm. Leonard coming in with his dudes. So you got Dion, Cozley and, and JT and yeah. Faison in there. Like, well, shoot, we don't know them. Right. We we know Steve, though. Right. <laughs> and if Steve's starting, he going to look to us because he know us kind of right. thing. Right. So, Which is, you know, natural and it's a little bit of past, present and future happening at one time. But I think there's a nice mix you can have to that. But I do think that from a quarterback standpoint, Mm -hmm. you got to go with stability. And especially if the Riley Leonard ain't showing me that he's that much better than Steve. I mean, at least Steve is the healthiest one, you know so it's and then and then and then especially when you think about a season like this where mm-hmm. it would be a lot easier of a transition to go into these playoffs with the with the respect of knowing like this is everybody's first time we got a guy that they never did it before but it's okay because you know yeah you want to win now but hell we got to see how this this terrain is going to be right if we if we even need a transfer so losing under Steve Angeli, I think, is not better, but it's a better optic than losing under a guy like Riley Leonard who is coming in with the expectation of winning it all. And, yeah, we want to win it all, but I think it's coming together better in 25 than it is in 24 just yet.
2: Everybody in the chat, you guys want to explain to Roderick Blackman what I've said like five times. While he's trying to talk about the list is trash, it's not a top five players in the class list or a power ranking. It is Malik's five guys that he wants to see play.
3: His top five guys. Yeah, this ain't – look, we like all of the guys in the class. Man, I said it like three different times. There's no point of ranking the guys in the class because we got them all. So it doesn't matter where they rank this is just okay now out of all the things i'm taking home from the grocery store what do i want to eat first you know i done bought steak chicken turkey ground turkey i got some breakfast sausages you know what i'm saying i got some i got some bacon but i got some beef jerky you know what i'm saying i got different varieties i'm just saying what i want to eat first i might hold on to the flank steak for Taco Tuesdays and steak quesadillas, so I'm, I'm on Sunday. I might hit the pot roast, but I'm just telling you what I want to eat first out of the refrigerator. But guess what? It's all in the refrigerator. It's all gonna be eaten up. It ain't no rank. You don't go into your refrigerator right now and rank the vegetables in your in your in your refrigerator. Why? Cause guess where it's all going to you? Yes. We all these recruits are us. We already won. There's no ranking when we won with everybody.
2: Like, why is it a shock that Malik, a quarterback, wants to see skill position players and a quarterback
3: <laughs> in his
2: top five? Like, I get it. My five players that I want to see, and I have a different reason left because when you really broke it down to me before the show, I was like, okay, we're not doing the rankings. The guys I want to see for whatever reasons, right? I want to see Sean Sibiliano. Yeah, so basically, basically, because he he's open, he's put his mouth out there like, "Yo, yeah, I'm pumping. Yeah,
3: yeah, he put it out yeah,
2: there. Yeah. He put it out there, so I'm like, like, "Yo, ain't
3: too many guys putting it out there."
2: How this this dude? That's the craziest comment. How can you not care for how we want to do our list? It's our list, the way we want to do it. We're not about to do the same corny list that everybody else has done on their show.
3: Because that's where they're getting it Earth. from. you exactly. just going to repeat what they've already said. And like, we un, it's boring. Because if you, if you don't say anybody other than what they've named, especially if it's three or four of the match, then you ain't saying nothing new. Exactly. About the best. It's like, so hell, it's a we nice We're we
2: going to regurgitate go. the same thing that everybody, oh my God, you want us to regurgitate how great KBA, KBA is. How great German. If we had is. a
3: LeBron, then you're right. You know, not if we had LeBron it. James or one of them type of players. Then not the or Wimby or Wembin Yaya. Okay, yeah, it's a little we might have to talk a little extra on that. But we talked well, well, about a very solid class. You know I, know I what talked mean?
2: Five hours earlier today. Though. I'm not about to regurgitate the exact same content. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's lazy. That's lazy. So, yeah, I want to see Sean Cifigliano. Number one, because his body type, what he provides, I want to see him. I definitely want to see C.J. Carr play. I don't know if C.J. Carr would have been in his five for me left before the
3: buzz.
0: Okay,
3: so you you see my point, though. He's not, you're you're not thinking top five if we were ranking for C.J. Carr. And it's not. Well, like I don't he's know if I would have wanted
2: have like have the same urge to like see him play. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, sure that's that. what I'm
3: saying. If he was a now, if we said Deuce Knight, I got Deuce Knight in the top five because mm-hmm. I expect to see him play early. at For the talent, I want to see if the talent is something we can lean on and develop as a young guy, a franchise guy. Right. But CJ's right. like, man, when he plays, I know he's gonna be all right. It's not right. even like an urge necessarily, because you like there's some guys don't want to wait and see, but CJ's mm-hmm. like when he play he's gonna be straight and we are gonna you know it's gonna be all right. You have a chance.
2: Next, I definitely want to see. I'm um, Carson Hobbs is on my list as well, right? But once again, just because I know Mike Mickens is gonna have him ready to play early, that's the track record. I expect him to play. I really do, and I expect him. Once again, a kid with confidence, talks a great game. His father's a lifelong Notre Dame fan. His father, today, when we spoke to him, was like, yo, I've been telling him about Todd Light his entire life. Like, that's who I see him as. I think he's the next. His dad said, I think he's the next Todd Light. And I was like, okay. If we get the next Todd Light, I'm like, okay. I want to see that girl. Yeah, I definitely want to see that girl.
3: So we got ike taylor we got todd light
2: little little ike taylor yeah
3: you got a nice legacy when you get that legacy start floating around you get some some really good product
2: yeah yeah absolutely i definitely would put like i said kba is on my five list without question Think about i got
3: like cole luke cole luke's cousin is like a dallas cowboy legend at corner Hmm. Now, is Cole Luke a, a, a first-generational talent quarter, uh, corner? No. But is Cole Luke a very serviceable corner that got better over time and became a pretty dang good football player? Mm-hmm. Hell, yeah. Did he contribute? To, hell, yeah. Carson Hobbs is kind of like that for me. I
1: think that's four for me, right? Because you made me,
2: man, my list had to change up once we really started talking about this, right? This is right. tough, man. Because now I have to decide between, for the fifth guy, I have to decide between my boy here from the shy and somebody that I just, man, had. I, I fanned out today, Left. I gotta be honest with you. Oh, yeah? yeah man we interviewed this kid his father is a notre dame legend and he's an nfl hall of famer and yo grew up literally like five minutes from my crib dude his father did and it was a surreal moment dude to interview this kid man i fanned out i stayed professional but i fanned out and and trying trying to decide between bryce young and cam williams left i feel like Cam would be mad if he heard me right now like you're gonna do me like that you damn right but for different reasons I'm really looking forward to seeing both of them get on the field and to show to have the opportunity to show what they can do I really am man I really am you know the Chicago and me you know where it's leaning right
3: but Brian Young is gonna be fine, man. He's one of them kids you. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. I'm sorry, Bryce, Bryce Young is one of those guys you're gonna be fine because you know mm-hmm. that it's just a matter of time. It's mm-hmm. one of those when you secure in the class, it's like, listen, don't even. It's one of those Jay Tillery pigs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we may not be talking a lot about him. We know he's, but because he's he's gonna be one of them. Yeah. Just, just you know, he don't need the accolades and all that. He just watch him just pop out one day, and you gonna go, like, "Oh, he's." Next to you, know he's up there for the sack leader.
2: I look around the national rankings. I've seen Notre Dame anywhere from seven to ten, if I'm not mistaken. And I was looking at the rankings. You know, they fluctuated hourly
3: how many new how many early guys can we get in i think 15 a company i think i I
2: honestly left i don't know if there's a limit at this point
3: because i thought it was just five when i did it no
2: no no, it's definitely
3: more than that now damn dang because when i did it it was like straight kind of like under the table they could only get five in, and it was like they had to choose the five and all that.
2: Well, heck, right now, you got kids, dude, practicing during the bowl prep, left. So, I don't know if that opportunity existed for you and the guys in your class. Yeah, I mean, it was rare. So, CJ Carr, Cam Williams, Kingston, Villa Muassa, Bryce Young, Gerby Lambert, Keedron Young, Bronte Johnson, Logan Thomas, Michael Gibbert, Aeneas Williams, Logan Sadate, Leonard Moore, Jr., Sean Jr., Jack Larson. Jack Larson is a sleeper, but, heck, he's a tight end, so he's going to be good at Notre Dame, right? That's just the way it is. I can hear he like he always said. He has that name that you can hear over the PA. Touchdown, Jack Larson. Yeah. It, 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 it's,
3: it's, it's too written in stone.
2: Right. Peter Jones, Styles Prescott, Teddy Rezac, Carson Hobbs, Tabern Benny Powell, Bodie Cahoon. Anthony uh, Knapp, Kennedy Erlack, and Cole Mullins, right? And then the transfers that signed today, Mitch Jeter, the kicker from South Carolina, R.J. Oldham, big defensive end from Duke, Riley Leonard, the quarterback, transferring from Duke, Bo Collins from Clemson, wide receiver, Chris Mitchell, wide receiver from Florida International, and Jordan Clark, son of Ryan Clark, from Arizona State. Those are the 29 young men that signed on the dotted line to become part of the Notre Dame fight.
3: Before you know it would sound like an all-star team, you know, one of them end of the year all-star teams that then teamed up together like suit like free agency. <laughs>